Hello, everyone, and welcome to this shortened version of the From the Hack podcast. I recently had the chance to chat with three-time U.S. curling champion Jamie Sinclair, who announced a week ago that she was now a free agent. Jamie and I talked about what led to her splitting with her former team. We talk about the possibility of her returning to Canada to play. We also talk about the importance of curlers building personal brands, which she has done quite well. And we also talk about the projects she is working on while away from the curling club. And Jamie, not the typical way I would start an interview, but with everything going on in the world right now, I thought I'd start by asking you how you and your family are doing. Right. Yes. Thank you for asking. Um, crazy, crazy time that we're living in right now. Uh, fortunately, me and my family, we're all doing really well. Um, just kind of uh, doing social distancing as, as much as possible, not really leaving the home uh, unless I have to. And uh, my parents are in isolation because, self-isolation because of... Uh, my dad being a pilot for Air Canada and having done a few trips recently, so um, no symptoms as of uh, as of yet or anything. So uh, crossing our fingers there, but um, yeah, just praying for the best for the whole world, really. Just as the virus was starting to dominate every headline in the world, the curling world itself got shook a little with a series of lineup changes, some of which were unexpected. One change that may have flown under the radar a little bit is the fact that you announced that you're now a free agent. Can you share what led to that announcement? Right. Um, well, as you said, uh, a lot of changes have been happening, surprising, um, being so close to the next Olympics. Um, but teams are definitely doing whatever they have to do, making the tough decisions um, to make the team better moving forward. Um, so the decision of my team came to a, to a surprise for me too. <laughs> definitely didn't see it coming. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a decision made by the four girls on the team. Um, and and not the high performance program, not the USCA, which I guess is good for me. Um, I guess it means that there's still hope for me <laughs> within the USCA. But uh, I mean, I'm not really sure what to say about it. Um, I think in a lot of cases on a lot of teams, I think team dynamics really play a big part. Um, unfortunately, it's not just all about performance. Um, and I guess on on my team, that I I think that was also the case. Um, we did have a five-man team uh, at the beginning of the season and, well, even all throughout the season. But um, I think managing a five-man team was, was difficult. And I think, unfortunately, all, not everybody necessarily bought into the position. They were having trouble managing uh, new roles. And uh, I think that that played, played a big part. And, unfortunately, I mean, at the end of it, I was the odd man out. So I, I was... I was given the news, but um, uh, I mean, I'm a strong believer in everything happens for a reason. Um, it's probably a blessing in disguise. It's been a, it's definitely been a whirlwind since it, it happened. And uh, I mean, I'm not totally sure where I'm going, but I mean, as of right now, especially with everything that's happening in the world and just trying to land on my feet, trying to stay upright and keep moving forward. I just want to go back to something you mentioned in your last answer there, Jamie. The decision was made by your former teammates in this case and not by USA Curling. Have you been in contact with USA Curling since this decision was made by the team? And is there a plan for you moving forward? Because I know they've typically functioned with three women's teams in the high performance program. So I'm wondering if there's been talk of adding you to one of those other teams or have those conversations simply not happened yet with everything currently going on in the world? 
Yeah, no, for sure. And like you said, there there's a lot bigger stuff going on. So, um, I mean, it really puts everything in perspective, which I think honestly has helped me a lot in this time. At the end of the day, like, it's although it is my career, it's still a game. Um, and with the virus going around, there's lives at stake, right? So, uh, I think that's really helped kind of put things in things in perspective. But the uh, the HP staff has reached out, and we've been in contact. Um, they have said that. It, you know, they want to field three teams again next season. So there's still a team spot available. Um, and, um, I mean, we've been basically just spitting around names, um, trying to keep all options open. And, uh, I mean, nothing nothing really yet, but uh, we're thinking about it. <laughs> now, you happen to be a dual citizen of Canada and the United States. Is returning and playing for a Canadian team on the table for you right now, or are you strictly focused on playing for a U.S.-based team? I, I am dual citizen, and it, and it would definitely be an option. I think that, I mean, obviously the, the high-performance program is, is great. They've done so much for me. Um, so, like, everything, um, I mean, that's, that's the, the, right now that's the path that I'm kind of, I want to explore that as much as I can and see what can basically come out of that. But, I mean, it's a crazy world. Anything can happen. And, I mean, Canada's also um, been really nice. It, uh, that's where I first started curling, right, is, uh, is in Canada. So um, that's also an option. And I would say right now definitely keeping all my options open. On a completely different topic, Jamie, uh, you were one of the curlers I got on the social media bandwagon pretty quickly, being very active uh, on YouTube and Instagram in particular. How much of an impact has your social media work had on your personal brand and helped you attract sponsors and other opportunities over the past few years? I started doing videos, I don't know, maybe seven years ago now. Um, and it all kind of started because, one, I liked making videos <laughs> and editing them and filming and everything. Um, and two, it was just because... I love the sport of curling so much, and I want to just share that with as many people as possible. Um, and the easiest platform is social media, <laughs> everything, YouTube, Instagram, and all that. Um, and I have to tell you, it's been, it, first of all, it's grown a lot bigger than I ever thought it would when I started um, making videos and kind of sharing my story. Um, but it's been really cool to experience just people all over the world watching, especially the Curl Up With Jamie videos, instructional videos. Um, them just expressing expressing their appreciation for um, like the tips that I'm giving and how they're bettering their game and you know getting a more solid technique and everything. It's been just unbelievable to hear some of those uh, comments, which is great. But on the other hand, curling is um, it's a tough sport. I mean, I do it for I do it full time for a career for a living. It definitely doesn't pay like a lot of other uh, sports. So there's that other side to it, right, where you're trying to grow a personal brand, like you said, to try to um, not only grow the sport, grow awareness of the sport, but also um, of your own team and you individually as um, as an athlete. And when it gets close to, to the Olympics, more um, more like media outlets and companies and stuff are looking at sponsorship and endorsements and that. And um, for for me, since it's my basically my only source of income, um, just trying to trying to capitalize on that as much as I can, and um, trying to basically um, make enough money so that I can live and keep playing the sport that I love uh, for a living. And finally, Jamie, I guess if you're going to be stuck indoors uh, during a pandemic, there would be a worse place to be stuck in than in a chapel. Uh, can you tell our audience about your side project, which uh, involves retrofitting a chapel you purchase into a home? Yes, it's, uh, 
It's been crazy. There's uh, been a lot of changes that have happened at the chapel recently, um, and I'm really happy that if I'm stuck somewhere, I'm stuck here because there's an endless amount of work to be done. Um, it doesn't go quite as fast, just me working um, on my own, but still managing to get a lot done. Pretty much at the stage where, like, all the drywall, all the mudding and taping is all done, all the sanding is done. Uh, so the rooms are actually starting to look like rooms, which is really exciting. <laughs> all the electrical is done. Um, I'm pretty much just starting to lay some flooring, which is uh, uh, it's going to make a big difference just as far as, uh, well, cleanliness of the house, <laughs> but also appearance-wise. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, keeping busy here, just working hard, and it's, it's come along. And that does it for the shortened edition of the From the Hack podcast. If you don't do so yet, please follow us on Twitter and on Facebook for all of our latest curling content. I'm Frank Rock, and this is From the Hack.